Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. So about 18 months ago, I pivoted my whole business and said, I'm only buying apartment buildings for myself. I'm not flipping houses. I'm not wholesaling. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And today I have um, just shy of a hundred million dollar portfolio. We've got about uh, right around 1400 units and I have another 1200 under contract to close in the next couple of months. So uh, I'll be close to $200 million in, in assets in the next couple of months. Hey grinders, I know it's early, but we're getting started with our holiday specials this month. For November only, we are dropping our mentorship program by 50% for all Daily Grind listeners. Now, due to pure volume and time, we can't select everyone, so we're looking for people who are not just looking to get better and make more money, but who are willing to make the necessary sacrifices in order to reach those massive goals you're setting for yourselves. So if that is you, be sure to book your 15-minute call with me today to learn more about how you can qualify for this offer. I look forward to speaking with all of you. Joining us today on The Daily Grind is Tim Bratz. Tim is the CEO and founder of CLE Turnkey Real Estate, a real estate investment company that acquires and transforms distressed commercial and apartment buildings into high-performance investment assets for their own portfolio. Working in real estate, Tim has learned how to build a passive business and create a residual income that allows him to live the lifestyle of his choice. He's here to educate and empower others to become financially free through commercial real estate. And today on the show, Tim shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey with us. So everyone, as always, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back and enjoy today's interview with Mr. Tim Bratz. Well, Tim Bratz, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Doing awesome, Colin. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks so much for being here, Tim. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, just say for some you know, listeners being first introduced to you today, just kind of in your own words, explaining a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a real estate investor, entrepreneur out of Cleveland, Ohio. I've also done work in New York City and Charleston, South Carolina. Um, started out in the residential game. You know, when I was going through college, 03 to 07, Everybody's like, if you want to make money, get involved in real estate. And uh, that's what motivated a 21-year-old kid back then. So I ended up moving out to New York City and got a job as a a real estate broker, um, brokering retail leases. So I would either represent a business who was looking to open up another location or a landlord. And so, yeah, I I, uh, got involved in real estate that way and saw I broke the first lease I brokered. uh, It was 400 square feet in Manhattan. And uh, it was $10,000 a month with 4% <laughs> annual escalations and a 12-year lease term. Wow. And um, when I saw that and I did the math on it, I realized the owner was going to make over like almost $2 million 
uh, over the course of the next 12 years for something he did at one point in time. And I realized I was on the wrong side of the coin. So I decided I want to become an investor instead. And, um, you know, got into flipping houses and did a lot of the transactional stuff that I think a lot of real estate investors do. And um, in order to think that they need to build up cash, like cash stockpiles of cash in yep. order to go and invest in like commercial real estate and, and passive and residual income sources. And uh, so I got in that grind and just kind of traded my time for money, uh, flipping houses and wholesaling houses and doing that for uh, like the next seven or eight years. And then about a year and a half ago, I just focused on my apartment buildings and realized that majority of my time was not spent on apartments. Only about 10% of my time was spent on apartments uh, and building that part of my portfolio. And it created 90% of my wealth. So wow. about 18 months ago, I pivoted my whole business and said, I'm only buying apartment buildings for myself. I'm not flipping houses. I'm not wholesaling. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And today I have um, just shy of a hundred million dollar portfolio. We've got about uh, right around 1400 units. Sure. And I have another 1200 under contract to close in the next couple of months. So uh, I'll be close to $200 million in in assets in the next couple of months. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's a fast version of it. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Did you always have an interest in real estate growing up? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, my dad had a couple of rental properties, just like okay. a little dumpy duplex. And so I remember going out there with that, but you know, it was, it was in a, not a tough part of town, but tougher part of town yep. and, uh, working on the house. And then, and then when I was going through college, I had a painting company. So I saw like, what investors were doing and, and got in, in interested in the real estate stuff. And then, you know, started reading books like rich dad, poor dad, and, and really was always interested in wealth and was always interested in entrepreneurship. I didn't realize it was real estate. Yeah. And, uh, just the more I learned about it, I mean, man, real estate's time tested since the beginning of civilization, wealth has been measured in land ownership. And so I, I it made sense to me that it wasn't a, it wasn't something that I was going to like, test out. It wasn't something that wasn't like, it was always, uh, there and it's proven. It's got a track record. It's not Fugazi Fugazi, like yeah. could potentially work kind of a thing. It was hard, solid. Uh, so many millionaires have been made, like majority of millionaires have been made by investing in real estate and all the other people who made money in, in other aspects and other industries ended up taking that money and investing it in real estate to maintain their wealth. So that was always a, a big thing for me. And I realized if other people could do it, I could probably do it myself. And and here we are. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, growing up, you had mentioned you always had kind of the entrepreneurial bug, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. At what point? I, uh, did, so did you end ahead. up going to going to college, university? And, you know, I know you said you were working for someone, but you always had that in the back of your mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in high school and middle school, I would... I would cut kids hair, you know, and I, I had, <laughs> I cut like, I don't know, 15 different kids hair every single month and was able to have spending cash in high school for cutting other people's hair. And then, uh, when Napster and all that stuff came out where you could pirate music and turn it into CDs, I started doing some of that yeah. and, uh, just figuring out ways to like, you know, make mix CDs and, and sell them to friends and, um, always had like a little bit of a bug on that was, was, was always very like wealth motivated and, and understood or paid attention to, uh, wealth centric type things and principles. And so when I got into college, um, now I, I had a painting company. I worked for a company for, um, a year and then thought I could, I might be able to do it on my own. So I did it again myself the next year and had like 15 people, my buddies working for me each summer and, uh, during college. And, uh, 
you know, just it kind of it, it resonated with me. I got into the personal development side of things and just realized I wasn't the type that was cut out to go work for somebody else. Yeah. And um, I would rather work harder for me um, and make less money than than make more money and uh, work less for somebody else and build somebody else wealth. Because I realized eventually that would compound and I'd be building my own. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't always an easy ride, you know, after college and uh, for the first I mean, I've been in real estate for the past nine, 10 years. And yeah. I, I've only been good at it for really the past like 36 months. <laughs> Interesting. Now, did, did you have like someone like a mentor that kind of helped you through that process or is this something uh, you kind of yeah. learn more of trial and error? Yeah, I, I think it was a lot of trial and error the first six years I was in this business. Yeah. And then when I finally plugged into a, a mastermind group mm. in February, 2015, I went out there and, and got a, a mentor of mine, a good buddy named Mark Evans. We've gone on vacation together and uh, done a lot of deals together. And, and I was at an event of his this past week. Um, and and I, I was sitting in a mastermind with about 15 other people and just talking about business, talking about life. And the collective brain power that's in a room like that, talking about high-level no business building strategies and where you can be so open um, without having to worry about you know, offending somebody by talking in dollars and decimals like we as entrepreneurs do, um, it was just like it was eye-opening for me. And you know, I was a solopreneur at the time, working all, doing everything by myself, finding deals by myself, finding money by myself, managing the properties by myself, collecting rent, um, sometimes even swinging the hammer. All, all, all aspects of the yeah. real estate. Um, you know, three, four years ago. And so, when I went out to that, they were like, "Dude, you just need to hire an assistant." And I was, and I couldn't see outside of my own box, you know, Interesting. Like you see, you see somebody who's in a certain situation and, yeah. and they, they can't even like think critically cause they're just so consumed with the day to day. And, uh, they're like, listen, man, uh, cause I, I had made like $130,000 the year before and they said, Hey, you just need to hire an assistant. I was like, that's going to cost me like 35, $40,000 <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And I, I was like, that's, that's, you know, a significant portion of my income. And they said, you, you can't look at it like that. You got to look at it like. $3,000 a month. And if you can try it out for a month or two, you know, at most you're, you're spending three to $6,000 to just test it out to see if it works for you. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And you keep on, you know, pounding your head against the wall. Um, so I was like, all right, fine. I'll try it. I trusted in the process, trusted in the people. And I hired an assistant in March of 2015 and the next 10 months I made, uh, close to $400,000. Wow. So I tripled my income by making, that investment and getting out of my own way and getting out of my own head, you know, so it, it, it was you more time essentially. Yeah, it, it yeah. took it took the low level activities yeah. off my plate. And I wouldn't say they're low level. It's just it's just the things that are not revenue generating activities, all the stupid stuff that you could staff out that I wasn't staffing out. Um, that was a drainer for me. I can now go focus on things that are more drivers, things that are my unique ability, going and doing more deals and finding more opportunities and uh, talking to more private lenders. And um, because I was able to focus on those things, we were able to scale up pretty significantly. So um, a lesson in that is the power of human capital is super uh, profound. And, uh, but you got to be careful because then the next year I overhired, I just kept on hiring people because I thought I could staff out every single problem I ever <laughs> ran into. Yeah. And then, I, and then I overhired. And what I quickly found out is that the reason most businesses fail is for lack of cash flow. And the number one reason for lack of cash flow is for overhiring and having too many people on staff. And so 2016 was a learning curve for me. Um, 
Uh, but I, you know, was able to tighten up the processes, didn't go out of business, obviously, and was able to just tighten up my processes and, uh, focus more on being a lean, good company versus just a big company, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So outside of having more time and taking away those slightly mundane activities that didn't move the needle, what behaviors changed for you, which allowed you to go from 130 to 400? Um, I would say, again, I focused more on like revenue generating, revenue yeah. generating activities. I was doing things that were, you know, assuming there's like a, a meridian up and down that, you know, I was doing activities that were farther and farther away from that middle revenue generating line. And the farther away you get and you're making, you know, business cards and you're uh, like <laughs> that stuff doesn't revenue, doesn't generate revenue. Like you needed to stick to the activities and every business has you know, three to five activities, uh, that are the revenue generating activities. And yeah. in my business being in real estate, if you're not finding deals, finding motivated sellers, finding motivated buyers or finding money, those are the only three things that actually produce and generate revenue. And so, um, it got me to doing those things instead of adding up receipts, you know, instead of running errands, instead of doing the, 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 things that are easily able to be staffed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought I had to do those things. So that was, that was a, a big shift in my behavior of focusing on those revenue generating activities. What do you see as, what do you see allows you to be so focused and driven? Cause you can kind of hear it in your voice and with what you do and you've built wealth to this point. What, when you break the, when you are able to kind of look back and break it down, what like motivates you to have that drive and fire in your belly? Oh, good question. Um, I, I'd say that, oh man. Uh, so, so here's when I take a look at what motivates me and what drives me, first of all, like if, once you make 50, 75, $100,000 a year and all your basic needs are met yeah. and you got a roof over your head and food on the table, clothes on your back, you know, your family's safe and, um, you can live in a, a decent neighborhood. Once those basic needs are met, it, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year or a hundred million dollars a year, like your happiness and your drive, I don't think changes that much, or at least your happiness doesn't change gotcha. that much. It's, it's more of a decision type type process. So uh, for me, once I reached that threshold where I was making six figures and I knew that I could live in a nice house, be in a safe neighborhood, you know, send my kids to any school that they want and um, provide for my family, it, it it's not necessarily about making money. That's just kind of a way to keep score. It's more about achievement and like self-actualization of like, how big can I build it? You know, mm. let me, I, I see a lot of people who compare themselves to others yep. and you're like, Oh, you know, Donald Trump's worth $10 billion and, and, uh, he's got all this property and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, yeah, Donald Trump's also 40 years older than me, you know? So he's had more time and he might have been set up a little bit better with his parents or like something like that. So it's not fair for me or for anybody else to compare themselves yeah, and where they are right now to other people. What you need to do is compare yourself to where you were maybe 12 months ago and make sure you're meeting, you're moving the needle forward from where you started to where you are today and make sure that 12 months from now you are the the uh, uh, the role model that you hope to be, you know, like looking at yourself, like, here's the kind of person that I want to be. I, here's the kind of person I want to look up to make sure you're putting yourself in that position to like become that individual. And so, um, that's been, that's been a big motivator for me. I want to, I want to, 
you know, once you, especially once you have kids too, man, it really yeah. changes your motivations. And it's not necessarily about, again, making a bunch of money. It's more building a lifestyle and, and being a role model. And, and instead of legacy being like, let me give, let me give legacy wealth or let me give a, a legacy of treasure to my, my kids. It's more of a mindset for me of being the role model of creating an example in life of, of, showing them what an exceptional life can look like and knowing that my priorities in, are in line for, um, you know, how I spend my time and making sure that I'm spending more time on relationships because that's more important to me than spending time on my business. And a lot of people ask me like, dude, how do you, how do you build your business? Or like, how are you able to spend so much time with your family? Cause I, I literally work about 20 hours a week in my business, maybe a little bit more, uh, yeah. but I'm in the office probably 20 hours a week. Um, but I scaled that back over the past, 12 months, um, because I had a, uh, an epiphany with my daughter and I'm sitting there, uh, come home after work, we have dinner as a family and then I'm sent, sitting there sending text message and my daughter's coming over tag, you know, tugging on my shirt saying, Hey daddy, will you come play with me in the playroom? And I'm like, yeah, baby, hang on one second. Let me finish up this message. Daddy, daddy, come play with me. Okay. Hang on one second. Daddy, daddy, come play with me. Mm. Baby, hang on one second. Let me just wrap this up. And then I finished the text message. I looked down and she's not there anymore. And she's over there playing in the room, in the playroom. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks of, of sitting back and then reflecting on how unimportant this message was that I just sent yeah. and how unurgent it was and thinking, what am I, what am I conveying to my daughter? What kind of example am I setting? How am I imprinting on her that the man who loves her most in this world Net ignores her because a phone is more important. Yeah. And then what does that do to set her up to uh, for dating in the future? Now she's going to date a bunch of jerks who ignore her because uh, she thinks that that's what love is. That's what she associates with love. Or uh, or it imprints on her that every time I come to daddy and I want love and affection and and um, a hug and a kiss, I don't get it. And all of a sudden it's disappointment instead of love and affection. So then she goes and looks for satisfaction somewhere else, whether that be drugs or sex or something hmm. um, that, that none of us want our kids to, to get into. So uh, for me, it was, it was looking at my priorities and realizing where I was, where was I spending the, my time? Where you spend your time is the greatest indicator of your priorities. And we all say that we do the business or building a business for our family, but the reality is we don't spend it. We neglect our family significantly, um, to build a business or, or for other things. And so for me, it was, it was about building a business that fit into my lifestyle versus the other way around. And just like fitting my family into my, my business life. So, um, I'm very intentional to time block, yeah. with my kids and my family time. So I don't pick up the phone after four 30, five o'clock. Um, it's just family time with my, with my wife, with my kids. And then I'm starting to do it in the morning too, where I time block time for personal development, reading, listening to podcasts, listening, read, listening to audiobooks, and, uh, and working out. And then it, it allows me to then ask better questions and get better answers on my business itself and say, Hey, who do I need to put in place? to only be in the office 20 hours a week? What processes, what systems do I need to implement in order for me to be able to build a business around my life? You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's been, it's been pretty profound, pretty powerful over the past 12 months where you start asking yourself better questions. And, uh, when you reflect on your business, uh, as often as I do, um, reflection is like a big deal to me, like sitting back and taking a day off, 
you know, at least once a quarter. I try to do it once a month, but it doesn't happen as often as I want. But every time I, I sit back and I reflect and I, and I take a 20,000 foot view of my business and my life, like profound changes are made. Yeah, you know, it's really like a lot of powerful stuff to take out of that. I mean, one, just hearing it, it seems like you put a lot of emphasis on self-awareness for yourself and mm-hmm. like you're very thoughtful in terms of what actions and what you're doing now, like how that will affect the future, which I think is mm-hmm. really important because not a lot of people can see outside of where they're looking right now. Right. Right. Big and time. I think, I think with entrepreneurship and business and parenthood, I think the more you can kind of take that bird's eye view and sort of hurry up and slow down, so to speak, I think a lot mm-hmm. of things will start to come to to clarity for a lot of people. I think it's more important than streets or than uh, uh, book smarts. You know, like your IQ, that that doesn't matter as much as I mean, how how, how many times do we see people with wasted opportunities or wasted oh, so knowledge many. or wasted talent? You know, it's all over. It's rampant in our society, and the. The, the mentors that I look up to and the successful individuals that I that I meet and they have this EQ, you know, the emotional intelligence yep. where they have that self-awareness. They have that social awareness um, in certain circumstances. And uh, I, I feel like that takes you even farther. And I think it's a muscle that you can develop as well. I don't think maybe I, I don't think I was born with it. Maybe maybe at least enough to realize that it does exist. Yeah. Um, but then once you realize that social awareness exists and you can develop this muscle on, you know, like reading books on, uh, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, you know, things book. like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Profound. I mean, I mean, impactful. One of the most impactful books I've ever read, um, just makes you more aware and you can develop that muscle and then you get better at building relationships and you get b- better at building your network and you know, you get building better at building your net worth because of it too. Yeah, totally. So, so for you, Tim, like everything you've experienced, the successes that you've seen, the obstacles you've faced, say you had the chance to go back in time and, and speak to a younger version of yourself and not necessarily change anything, but maybe just offer a piece of wisdom or a piece of guidance. I'm wondering what that would be for you. Good question. Uh, I'd say I, I'd make myself aware that resourcefulness is the ultimate resource. Mm. I've heard Tony Robbins say that before, and yeah. it's so powerful in that a lot of people create, they have negative self-talk, you know, and, and they say, I can't do something. And what that does, it, it immediately shuts off your brain from thinking critically or thinking proactively. And uh, instead of saying, I can't do something, I tell my younger self, make sure you're asking yourself questions on how can you make something happen? Because when you ask yourself, how can I do that? How can I find the money? How can I find the deal? How can I you know, build a better life? Then it gets the creative juices flowing in your brain and uh, it promotes more thoughts. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And, so, and, and then it leads you down a path of asking better questions and getting better answers. And uh, you know, you're able to craft a better life when you're able to do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think a a big part of that is, is that people don't put themselves in uncomfortable situations enough, like they're not facing adversity enough. And when you Mm -hmm. don't, you're kind of being comfortable in your life. And then what happens when you have an obstacle in front of you? Or what happens when you do have to face this obstacle and, and be able to think critically in order to get past it? What happens is people shut down because you're not in that situation enough. Right? 100%. Yeah. And, and you take a look at Colin, you take a look at like the most successful people in the world and the most powerful people in the world. 
typically they're they're politicians and they're CEOs, mm, right? They're yeah. the highest paid, the most powerful, most influential. And the reason they're in those roles is because they can make decisions and they can problem solve and they can think critically yeah. and they are resourceful. And so that tells me that if, if that's a muscle and a skill that you can work on, you can then be be super impactful, super influential in your town, uh, you know, be successful from a financial perspective and all other aspects of your life too. And so um, I think I think that is uh, a critical piece of success that I've learned over the years that I, I wish I would have known earlier for sure. Yeah, totally. And for you, Tim, like say there's this magic genie out there, okay, whether it be a guy or a girl, but she could come into your life or your business and help you with one thing. I'm wondering what the genie would help you with. Oh, the one thing. That's a good question too. You got some good questions, Colin. Um, <laughs> on, on that one, I, I, it would be more of a strategic move. I, okay. I'm not sure exactly what it would be, but it, would, it wouldn't be tactical. I figure, I think you can always figure out the tactical yeah. um, things in business. So it'd be more of a business strategic move of, you know, here's what it looks like. Uh, my, my thing right now is, is building out my organization and doing it in the right way instead of just doing it to, to say I have 25 employees. I want to make sure that I'm building, I have the right key employees and I'm building business uh, a legacy kind of business that can run without me being there. And, mm. uh, it's, it's really close right now. And I have a couple of key hires coming online. Um, but if that genie could help me out with saying, Hey, here's, here's the couple of pieces and parts that you just need to fill in the gap and you're yeah. going to be able to 10 X your, your revenue, 10 X your lifestyle, 10 X, you know, lifestyle of your, of your team. Um, that would make a big difference. So that's, that's one of the things that I'm working on right now. And I know the answer's out there. I'm, I'm working on, uh, uh, I, I just read a book, um, or in the process of rereading a book called the Rockefeller habits by Vern Harnish. Okay. And I, I read it 10 years ago and had no idea what the hell it was talking about. Cause I, I wasn't far enough <laughs> along in business to understand it, but it's kind of like the next level after Gino Wickman's book traction. Okay. You're familiar with that one. And it's, it's how to go from that, you know, Gino Wickman and, and his book traction will, will help you get from like doing up, up to a million dollars in revenue in order to get up to like doing five to $10 million in gotcha. revenue and the, and the certain strategies and things you need to put in place to do that. And then Rockefeller Habits takes you to the next level of building a business that's tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars mm. into that ballpark. And that's, that's kind of where I'm looking to go. And, um, uh, it's, yeah, that's so. That's what I'm working on right now. Yeah, totally but, amazing. Uh, I, I know the answers are out there, and I'm, I'll be able to find them. But if a genie can help me get there faster, that would be cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And now, Tim, the way we end the show here is I give you the floor, and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So, one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Another great question. So, in this mastermind I was just in the past couple of days, uh, somebody brought up the, the concept of legacy. And uh, building a legacy business and building legacy wealth and building a legacy portfolio of, of real estate. And, uh, and that's, that's cool. Um, it's cool to be able to give that to your family and, and pass that down and change, create generational wealth. Um, but for me, reflecting back on, on this conversation that we all had, again, it was, it was more about like it seemed like you were giving – your kids a fish versus teaching them how to fish. Yeah. And, and for me, legacy and passing down knowledge and passing down mindset and passing down personal development strategies and resourceful thinking and, uh, you know, being the, the, 
role model that I want my kids to look up to, that's more of a legacy to me than actually giving them stuff or giving them real estate or giving them cash. And so from a legacy perspective, um, I, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I want to make sure that I'm, uh, passing it down the idea of this is what an exceptional life can look like. You can have an awesome marriage. You can have your health dialed in. And, uh, and I think you're always going to lead life in one or two aspects mm-hmm. of that, you know, whether that be, uh, faith, finances, fitness, relationships, family, friends, like, you know, all those different F's. Um, I think you're going to lead in one or two of those things, but it doesn't mean that you need to neglect the other ones. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and I, I want to be an example of where uh, somebody can be like, you know what, if that guy, if that guy can do it, I know I can do it too. And, and, and be able to inspire and help others believe. And I think that's, that's true legacy. So, um, hopefully that resonates with some folks and hopefully that adds value. And, uh, yeah, man, you, you got some great questions on this. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, a hundred percent it will. And now Tim, what's the best way our audience could learn more, reach out and connect with you? Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on social media. I try to give a lot of content on Facebook. So if you want to pull, pull me up and friend me up on, on Facebook, would love to connect with people there. Um, I, I do some commercial real estate coaching on how to leverage up. It's not for newbies. It's more for people who are uh, pretty successful in residential real estate, whether from a private investment standpoint or an active investor. Um, and I teach them how to either, how to then leverage up into commercial real estate and buying apartment buildings and, uh, scaling that way and building some, some real long-term wealth. So, um, that's my, my program's commercial empire. So commercialempire.com And, um, yeah. And, and I answer all my messages on Facebook. So if anybody's got messages and they want to hit me up, like it's actually me responding to you. So happy to uh, provide value any way that I can. And Colin, appreciate everything that you do and all the value you're giving out there. And you're making some real, making a real difference in the community and in people's lives. So I appreciate everything that you're doing. Tim, thank you so much. And everyone, I will share both those links. So you can go ahead and follow Tim on social media, Facebook specifically, And also, if you want to get that coaching, I'll share that website to make it super simple to reach out to Tim and really grow your wealth as an individual and for your family. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, self-awareness and resourceful thinking. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Tim Bratz. Tim I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, man, and coming on the show here with me today. Colin, thanks again. Appreciate everything you're doing, bud. Pleasure is all mine. Everyone, if you liked today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.